Hello, listeners. We have already finished recording this episode, but wanted to let you know that even though we usually try to keep our episodes closer to 30 minutes, this one we took some time to go through some pretty important stuff and we felt like it was too good and too difficult to break it up into two. And so this will be a little longer than normal, but hopefully by the end you'll realize why and you will be glad you stuck with us. So enjoy the episode. Chances are you're not quite yet the perfect father, but don't give up. We will help you to learn from your mistakes so that you can get that much closer. This is the Fathers Who Fight podcast. Welcome to episode 19 of the Fathers Who Fight podcast. I'm Rob, and Lloyd is here as well. Hello, Lloyd. Hey, how you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. We excuse Brighton begrudgingly. He's, he's got a good excuse. Okay, I guess you're right. He and his wife had a baby this morning. So that's pretty exciting. Bounce I guess, baby boy. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess his wife had the baby. I shouldn't uh, say he and his wife. That would have been weird. <laughs> well, he participated. He was there for. Her. That's right. As fathers, we know what that's like. Yep. And now life, well, it's their second one. So already life has been changed forever. So now it's yep. just double the pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we are here back again. We are fathers banding together to strengthen one another in following Jesus Christ and resisting the enemy of our souls by living eternal warrior principles. And last week we had our weekly challenge that we issued, and it's Lloyd's turn to go over that since Brighton is not here. And Lloyd, remind us what it was and what it was like for you. Yeah, the challenge was um, to go through the uh, preach chapter 6 and preach my gospel. At the end of it, there is a quiz, basically, that helps you recognize how you're doing with Christ-like attributes. And so to take the quiz... And to make a drill, a plan to improve on one of them. That was a challenge. And so I was kind of surprised. I've taken the quiz before. It's been a year, two years ago, something like that. And um, I was surprised when I took it at how much my answers have changed. I I don't have the exact copy of my answers the previous time. But going through it, it's like, wow, I have grown. I have improved. This is awesome. And I remember last time I took it thinking that, yeah, there's a bunch of these I need to work on, but I chose to work on faith. And um, actually taking it this time, it's like, faith is one of my strongest ones. And it's like, Wow, I actually have improved. That's awesome. (laughs) That being said, the one that I'm weakest on at the moment is patience. (laughs) 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 So I have got some work to do there. As far as a plan, um, I've got 
more to do on a plan because patience isn't something you just say, I'm going to be patient now. Exactly. And so, um, normally when I set my goals and put drills in place and stuff, it's kind of rough and tumble at first. I'll make a, a, uh, plan and, and get knocked around a little bit and refine the plan and get knocked around a little bit and refine the plan. And, and that's how it works for me. So that's kind of the stage I'm at right now is, you know, first thoughts and, you know, and getting beat up and stuff and need to refine. So how about you, Rob? And, and well, before that, and that's how it should be, honestly. And we're going to talk about that today. But, you know, anytime you make a plan to work on something, chances are it's not going to go perfectly well the the first time or maybe even the second time or who knows. But the fact that you don't give up, that is the key. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, it's part of, part of this mortal experience. For me, I was uh, the, the one that I got a couple, well, my two lowest scores were in the, the charity area. Actually, I, I used to be better at, at praying for charity more and I haven't been doing that lately. And so I gave myself a, a lower score on that one. And then it was the last one and I don't have it in front of me, but it was something about um, joying uh, in other people's successes. Hmm. And I recognize that um, I actually, I've known that about myself for a while. I'm, I'm not great with compliments, honestly. And, um, and, and even more recently, my, my son and I, we, uh, pretty much every night we play a little bit of ping pong. And <laughs> at, we, when we first started, we, we, uh, we would keep track of our score. We, we still do. We keep track of, of how we're doing, you know, our record against each other. And, and uh-huh. I got up to like, uh, 14 wins more than he had. And since then, Wow, he's come back with a vengeance, and he's <laughs> up on me like thirty something. I think. Oh, <laughs> I've just been playing terrible, and I've been getting more and more frustrated. Um, even though they're just you know friendly games, and um, and so I, so that's one way that I could perform uh, better in in the charity area is is complimenting him more as opposed to getting frustrated with myself. Uh huh. And. So what I did, what I decided on as far as a drill is I w- I'm going to, because I want to I turn that around, so I, I'm going to practice um, a couple times a day, and I did it, uh, well, once today. Um, it was a busy day, but I'm, I'm practicing having a thought of, you know, being frustrated with myself or a negative thought toward myself, and I'm literally spinning around and... And then turning that into a positive thought for somebody else uh, toward, or towards somebody else. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. That's great. That kind of ties in with where we wanted to go tonight. And um, as far as don't give up and learning from our mistakes, kind of as we talked about just a minute ago, I'm a perfectionist. I don't want to make mistakes. I want to get things right and perfect the first time. That's not reality, and I struggle with that. I know that it's true, but I struggle with it. Um, one place that 
I'm better at it is I do a lot of woodworking. I quite enjoy woodworking. And when I'm doing woodworking, I will take scrap and I will practice a cut or a mortise or things like that. Whatever technique and stuff I'm doing, if I'm setting up the router or whatever, I will make practice cuts and make sure I have everything set and working just the way I want them to before I do it on the good piece of wood. And so as I look at that and think, yeah, I'm good at that. I, I'm, I don't expect myself to be perfect the first time. I expect myself to make mistakes and I, I'm allowing for that and I'm allowing to um, practice and get it right before I do it on the finished product. So why don't I do that in the rest of my life? <laughs> you know, what's wrong with me? How come I haven't figured that out in other parts of my life? <laughs> I just want to be perfect and, and get it right the first time. And it's like, no, that's not reality. So um, it reminds me of a story that um, years ago when I used to teach the young men, um, one of the lessons there was a story about a, uh, a running race, and they talked about um, there was one of the participants in the race who fell. And when they fell, he's like, oh, I should, should get up, should I just lay here? Should I get up, should I just lay here? And he got up. And in his effort to try and get back up and make up for lost time, he fell again. You know, and now he's even more humiliated. And, um, and this went on for several times. And um, as he got up again, every time he fell, he got up that when he finished crossed the I mean, people cheered when the winner crossed the finish line. But the crowd cheered more on this young man who never gave up across the finish line. And I think that our perspective should be that way as well. And we know that our Heavenly Father's perspective is that way because He sent His, His, His Son, our Savior, to sacrifice because He knew it would make mistakes. And so why should I expect to be perfect? The first time I, sh- I should, oh, it's okay to make a mistake. The, and, and I've tried to teach that to my kids because I see that flaw myself. I try to teach them, you know, and they kind of got the perfections part <laughs> from, <laughs> you know, which is the environment. But, um, but I've tried to let them know it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay. Just fix it. It's okay that this is wrong. It's okay it didn't work out. Just fix it. Just fix it and move on. And so that's important to remember as fathers. We're not going to be perfect, and it's okay. Just fix it the best we can. If we can't fix it, that's where our Savior Jesus Christ and the atonement comes in. And move forward. I think as as men... It is very easy to try to resist any negative feelings. 
it's probably true for women too. But I can only speak for myself definitively that uh-huh. as a man, <laughs> I don't like to feel like a failure. I don't like to, I, I don't like feeling, um, you know, the guilt of knowing I made a mistake or did something wrong. And so, yeah, in, in that sense, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist too, because I don't like the feeling of, of messing up. Yeah. And, and so I, I think from, well, for me, for sure. And I think generally speaking too, we try to resist that feeling. And so instead of taking the time to, to learn from our mistake, we just try and kind of brush it under the rug as it were and, and move forward. And like you said, it is important to be able to move forward. It is important to not dwell too long on the mistakes that you made. However, if you don't dwell on it at all, if you don't have any reflection, if you don't take the time to recognize what went wrong, how it went wrong, and what you can do right next time, then you will just keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again. Exactly. And I can say that with conviction because that's that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I, for a long time, I did not take the time to learn from my mistakes. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it now either, but it, it really manifests itself in my relationship with my wife. She and I love each other very, very much. And it is the deepest desire of my heart to please her, to make her happy, to, you know, be the, the person, the man, the husband that she can rely on. And so many times I, you know, when I would mess up and I wasn't there for her and then, you know, was feeling the consequences of that, you know, whether it was, you know, her sadness or, you know, her being upset or whatever it was, I, again, it's important that we forgive ourselves, but I think I tried to let myself off the hook too easily. And so that's honestly what brought me to life-changing services is that I, I felt that in my life, you know, I needed, I felt dumb. I, I like, why do I keep doing this? Yeah. And, and so, um, came across the, the eternal warriors class, which, is, you know, kind of, uh, is billed as a, as a self mastery class. And I, felt like I needed to figure out some things to master my myself and, and um, what I was doing wrong. And one of the great concepts that we teach at Life Changing Services is the concept of what we call a lost battle analysis. And how would you define what a lost battle is, Lloyd? It's anything that's against your values. It could be as severe as committing a major sin. It could be as simple as, well, something that's happening in my life right now. I went on vacation a few weeks ago and I put on some pounds during vacation and I want to get those off. Oh, I thought that was just the camera adding 10 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) No. Just kidding, I didn't notice. And so, you know, it's like, okay, I got to be strict, you know, no extra snacks, no sugars, no, you know, and so 
An example Brighton likes to use all the time is, you know, if your goal is no sugar and you have a coworker who brings you a, a bag of Skittles, um, are you going to give in to the Skittles or not? You know, that's against your values. No, is that a, is that a major sin? No, no, not even close. But it's against your values because you have chosen, I am not going to eat sugar right now. And so, yeah, it could be anything that is against, yeah, I don't have a better, another way to say it, but, you know, if you've made a goal, you've made a commitment, this is how I'm going to live, and if it's not in accordance with that, that's a lost battle. Yeah, I think another way you could put it, too, is anytime you do something you say you're not going to do, or you don't do something you say you're going to do. Is that mm-hmm. fair? Yep, that's exactly right. And what's great about doing a lost battle analysis after a mistake or even sin is is the fact that you, it, it kind of makes it not so personal as it were. You know, it, it you're able to step back and realize, okay, this is what I did or this is what I didn't do instead of this is who I am and I'm not going to be able to change. Exactly. And that ties into another key principle that we should probably mention that's behind, behind this. And that is when we do something that's against our values, it, it's, it is a lost battle. It doesn't mean that we're bad, we're wrong, we're evil, we're never going to get it right. Yeah, that's it good. means that the enemy did something to trip us up, and we do need to learn from it. So we we he cannot make us trip up again. I think it's important to read exactly how the questions worded in the like dragons did they fight book. It says when you lost, what technique did the enemy use to defeat you? Is there a pattern? If you could replay the event, what could you have done to beat him? What drills can you do to make sure you win next time if he tries something similar? So, as you were talking, Rob, the focus is not on, I'm bad, I did something horrible, I can never get this right. The focus is on, no, we have an enemy, and he he won this battle, but he doesn't have to win the war. We can do something about it. Yeah, just like if you have played sports at all, um, especially you know football, basketball, team sports, where you know set plays are involved, and you know you you have things that you've planned to run and practice. And, and then put, put in place in, in the actual game, doing a lost battle analysis is a lot like reviewing the tapes of the game, of your yeah. performance. And you yep. can see, yeah, where you went right, where you went wrong, and, and yeah, focus on changing it. And then, you know, if, uh, you know, again, take the analogy of a football team. If, if there's a particular play or plays that you have not mastered, then 
you know, like you said, uh, uh, the fourth the fourth thing that you try and get out of a lost ballot analysis is what drills can you put in place to prevent it from happening again? And so, so yeah, you you work on that even with with even more diligence. Absolutely. It, yeah, going through the tapes is not about pounding you with "this is what you did wrong." Yeah, that's not what it's about. It's about how, what can I learn from this? How can I improve? Yeah, and another thing that does too, in my opinion, is you know usually you don't watch the tape right after the loss. You know, usually you know wait a day or two, and so that takes some of the emotion out of it. Because yeah, when you're when you're emotional then it's really hard to to think straight and to focus right. And so, you know, if you've had some time to to digest it a little bit and, and let the sting go away a little bit, um, that uh, that's another benefit of the lost battle analysis. You shouldn't wait too long. You know, I mean, 24, yeah. or maybe 48 hours. Uh, but uh, but the sooner you can do it, the the more fresh things will be and and really allow you to pinpoint exactly what happened in in what order and and what led to it and all that stuff yep i agree so that kind of talks about what a lost battle analysis is and we thought it might be helpful for you listeners to actually go through what one sounds like to um to yeah to to get some practice with it if you've never been through one it's uh could be a little bit of of a foreign concept so um we thought we'd try and and uh, go through one here. So does that work, Lloyd? Yep. Yep. You uh, you willing to be the guinea pig, as it were? <laughs> sure, I'll be the guinea pig. I have lots of mistakes to improve from. Oh, I do too. But I'll let you be the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to mention as we start this that um, it works in conjunction with the chemical scale. And that, and even though we're not going to go into the chemical scale tonight, it, the lost battle, battle analysis is based on the different levels of the chemical scale. If you want to, um, Brighton's got a blog on the chemical scale that's excellent. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's a series. He addresses each of the levels. And or there's um, on the Eternal Warriors podcast, Brighton and Wes and Spinney in one episode step through it, and it's really good. So, it, or just go straight to the Lake Dragon and said they fight book. Yeah, yeah, it's it's something we haven't gone over on this in this podcast, but um, you know you will hear a little bit uh, about what it is as we as we go through the lost battle analysis and, and get an idea. So we'll, we'll mention a little bit about it. And, and so you're not totally in the dark, but leading up to that, obviously we need to determine what the lost battle was. So Lloyd, have you thought of what a lost battle, what a recent lost battle that you had that you'd like to be willing to go through? Yeah. Um, there's one that happened a little bit ago for me. Um, one of my goals is to, um, not say anything hurtful to anyone. And I did. One Sunday afternoon, uh, my wife and I were fixing supper, and my daughter comes up and to talk to my wife. And something just looked really funny about her. And I noticed that it was her eyes. 
they looked swollen and puffy and, and something was wrong. And so I says to her, I, I said, what's wrong with your eyes? And she says, it's makeup, dad. <laughs> He'd been trying uh, experiments with makeup. And she's 16, 16-year-olds do that. And so I didn't stop there. I went on to <laughs> say what I was thinking and feeling that, oh, it looks like somebody punched you in the face. <laughs> you know, your eyes look swollen and bruised. And, and that just was not good. She was not happy and ran off to her room crying. And I, that's when I realized, oh, I said something hurtful and I did bad. Mm. That was against my values. Okay. Did was it because of her reaction that you noticed that or or did you really truly feel like that was not the right thing to say? Looking back on it, this is why lost battle analysis is so important is looking back on it, I think I had some clues that I totally missed that I should have noticed, that if I would have noticed, I could have caught myself and recognized where the thoughts and feelings were coming from, that they were coming from the enemy, and I could have caught it and not let it out of my mouth. Okay. And so, obviously, the big clue was is when she runs off crying to her room, you know, and that's like, oh, yeah, I, I was stupid. So, obviously, that's a level five. Um, when we, it's the forget it moment when we give in, when we do, um, when we just tumble into doing something against our values. The step before that is the stupid conversation. Now, in this case, it was very brief, but looking back, I recognized that it did happen. Yeah, and when you say stupid conversation, you don't mean with somebody else. You mean more between yourself and the enemy internally. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Because somewhere in there, I had a thought that it reminded me of a situation when I was 16. And no, I wasn't experimenting with makeup, but I tried to grow a beard. <laughs> and uh, my beard was so thin and whatever that a similar experience happened to me that my face to uh, an individual looked all bruised. But then when they had got a closer look, oh, it was you're trying to grow facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, there was enough there of should I say something, should I not say something, this reminds me of this situation – um, that I should have recognized it, but I didn't because I wasn't on my game. I wasn't paying attention. And so, yeah, I had this stupid conversation. So are you saying that the memory that you had led to the stupid conversation or irrational conversation? I think so. Um, like, like, sorry, sorry. So you, like you specifically remember that, that memory came to mind in, that moment? Yeah, the memory came to wow. mind. And then it's and then it's like, 
do I say something? Do I not say something? Do I say something? Blah! <laughs> <laughs> came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we, and we call it a stupid conversation because if you were, and again, we'll get there, but level zero is the ideal level, you know, that's the ideal uh, where you want to live, as it were, um, mm-hmm. emotionally and, and mentally and spiritually. Um, and so we call it stupid because if you were at level zero, you wouldn't be even engaging the enemy. Like, you know, yeah. uh, he might try and creep in and, you'd, you know, brush him off like a fly. Like, yeah, whatever, get away. So that's why we call it a stupid conversation. We can also call it a, an irrational conversation if you, um, if stupid's too hard, harsher word for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You know, and an example of other ways that it happens is a, a classic one is something pops up on the computer or whatever, and it says, you really shouldn't be here doing this. And it's like, I know, I'll stop in a minute. You said a minute ago you were going to stop, and you still haven't stopped. Yeah, I know, I know. I'll, I'll stop. That, that's what a stupid conversation sounds like, you know. And this is—that's what it sounded like to me. It's like, should I say something or should I not say something? Should I say something? Should I not say something? Great example. Yeah. So working backwards, then to level three, we try and determine where was the option or the temptation. Or sometimes we'll call it the dude moment. Like, mm-hmm. hey, dude, you could totally say something here. <laughs> yeah, that's in, cool. in this particular situation. Do you remember? And that's what it was. Yeah. It was, it was, it's not real clear. It's kind of fuzzy. <clears throat> but I remember seeing her eyes, and a lot of it was the coloring of the makeup. It was not a good color on her. It did actually look pasty and bad and like bruises and stuff rather than, you know. But then I saw she'd put these little swirly things by the corner of her eyes that people do nowadays. And and yet I chose to go to the looks like bruises. <laughs> and... So to me, at that moment is like, what's wrong with your eyes? What is this? And then thinking of that, you know, right somewhere between that and then that thought that I already mentioned of remembering somebody seeing my face, that was where the dude moment happened. So that was... Yeah, so like maybe the the actual sight, you know, the seeing what you saw was out of the ordinary, something you're not used to seeing. And so um, it's like, hey, uh, you should or you could say something about that, you know, comment on what a different thing that is for your eyes to behold. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. So that, yeah, that was where the dude moment happened. Okay. Very good. So this part can be one of the harder ones. Well, closer we get to zero when we talk about levels two and one can be hard because we as guys, again, are not always in tune with our feelings. But level two is the feeling where you're feeling something um, that is perhaps, well, you're feeling not your best self. And so, so Lloyd, for you, what was the feeling that you remember feeling in that 
moment to, in in that time of you know preparing supper and your daughter coming in, all that stuff? This is one I am really struggling with that I fall for a lot. That is not getting enough sleep when I'm mm. tired. I am at. I have a hard time living my values when I'm tired. So, yes, I was tired in that situation. And most of that happens from me trying to push too hard, get too much done, stay up too late, getting up way too early because that's my life. And so I struggle with being tired. And that keeps me from being on top of my game. But it was more than that in this situation. I found myself easily irritated, which is a dead giveaway that I'm not on top of my game. What do you think led to feeling irritation? I can think of things that made me irritated, but I'm not sure if I can put my finger on a cause. It was a Sunday. It was getting the kids out the door to church on time. And, you know, are we going to be late? Standing there waiting for them. Come on, how long does it take to grab your shoes and let's get out of the door? And, you know, that kind of stuff. I found myself irritated at, you know, why can't you sit still? Why do you have to jump up from the bench and run back to the back of the chapel to talk to somebody. It, uh, the meeting's going to start any second. <laughs> and so, yeah, just things like that that I noticed irritation. I know that Satan uses that on me. He um, uses those thoughts to dig at me and, and um, get me into a bad place. And so that's one of the things I've been working on with my drills is to recognize, oh, that thought's from Satan. I've got to cast it out. And so in this situation, because of being tired, um, I wasn't very good at casting those thoughts out. Can I submit something that I, I would say, and maybe I'm wrong, but I would I would venture to guess that that you were irritated because you were tired. So, you know, I, I would say I agree with I that. would say tired would be the primary feeling, you know, and that leads yep. to feelings of irritation. Yeah, I would agree with that. That that the irritation and letting those thoughts in is just Satan piling on to where I was at already. Yeah. So now here is where you really, uh, if you can pinpoint this, this is where you really come, I think, to understand um, where things started to go wrong. Um, is is thinking back to when you last felt like you were at level zero, your best self. Um, whereas, you know, where if, if she would have come to you at level zero, you, you know, you wouldn't have said anything wrong or, or, you know, something that you regret. Do you remember yeah. when you last felt like you were at level zero before that incident? It had to have been the day before because it wasn't that day. 
because I was tired from the moment I got out of bed. Mm. And I was struggling to, um, I wasn't at level zero at all that day. Interesting. Do you remember specifically when the day before you were feeling your best self? Don't. The memories are a little fuzzy there, but um, I think that we had stayed up late getting um, grocery shopping done. Um, that was late because um, of trying to get other stuff done during the day, which which is typical of me. I try to cram in as much stuff as I can possibly get done. There's so much that needs to be done. I just feel like i got to push until I can't push anymore and I drop. Mm. Okay. Now, if you're listening and you're wondering, wait, where did level one go? That's what I was trying to get to by asking, because in, in my experience, the best way to determine level one, which is, we, we call it the feeling off, where you can, you know, you're, you're not your best self. It's not the worst thing in the world, but you can tell something's a little off, but you can't quite put mm-hmm. your finger on it. So, so being able to figure out level one is by thinking of level two and then going, going back to figuring out when you were last at level zero. And then somewhere in between there is when things started to get off. So, so it sounds like trying to push yourself again. Yeah. So, um, just like you said, Lloyd, earlier, um, one of the one of the four essential ingredients of of what we're trying to discover with the lost battle analysis is what technique did the enemy use to defeat you, or what was the lie? And so, you would say what in this experience? I guess it's kind of where we started this podcast is I feel like I need to be perfect and accomplish all this stuff and get it right the first time. And that's not reality. That's the lie is that you, all this stuff's got to get done. You got to get it done and you got to get it done now. And it's got to be just right. Mm, Interesting. 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 So, so the, the the second question is is this a pattern? And it sounds like it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so if you had to do it over again, what would you do differently? That's number three. That's so hard because, pardon, you know, I know that I should let stuff go. Say it's okay. It doesn't have to get done right now. That's really hard for me to do. I just feel the burden of everything that needs to be done but I I need to find balance there and I'm I'm not in balance there at all so you would work on finding a better balance between feeling like you have to get everything done and getting well rested so that you have the energy to get things done exactly okay so that brings us to the fourth outcome that we're trying to achieve with a lost battle analysis. What drills or practices can you put in place to keep that from happening again, ideally? 
I should set myself a bedtime. That would be a good, good place to start. Instead of pushing till I drop, I should set myself a bedtime. I think this is very interesting because we started out talking about the lost battle of something you said to your daughter. But we've come to a point where you feel like the real lost battle is believing the lie that you just need to keep getting, you just need to get everything done. You don't have time to sleep. Yeah. You don't have time to rest. Yep. There's too much to do. Yep. And so believing that lie caused you to not get as much sleep, which caused you to wake up at a level two, feeling exhausted, and really not even getting away from that, even on a Sunday when you yeah. went to church. And then getting to a point where you said something that you wish you wouldn't have said. Where I listened to the enemy and his stupid thoughts, and then I let them come out my mouth. Yeah. Any time that we're compromised in any way, whether it be tired, sick, whatever, it's a lot easier for the enemy to creep in. And he loves to pile on. <laughs> if there's one little thing out of whack, he loves to take advantage of that and pile on. And I know I've seen it a ton in my life, but I've seen it in lots of people I've talked to and worked with as well. He's just a scumbag that way. <laughs> Thank you for editing yourself because I don't want to put an explicit uh, content on this uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lloyd, I appreciate that you were willing to do that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm deciding. But uh, for those of you listening, um, I'm, I'm debating if I should edit the uh, quiet time or not because if, if it ends up that uh, there's not a lot of quiet time between my questions and Lloyd's answers know that Lloyd really put a lot of thought into what he was saying and was really trying to get to the meat and the heart of what happened for him and how he could really learn from it and so thank you Lloyd for taking the time to do that so what's your bedtime going to be? <laughs> We should probably start with nine o'clock. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. You do get up pretty darn early. Yeah, I get up at four in the morning so I can get to work on time. Okay. So the first, so the the plan that may or may not work is nine o'clock. Yep. <laughs> Recognizing that, uh, you know, that that may be may need adjustment. You're gonna you're gonna shoot yep. for nine. Okay. Yep. Good. So that you know, chances are that it's not going to be easy. Uh, at least at first, because you're probably still going to feel that hangover of, uh, no, I really need to get this stuff done. And the enemy loves to jump on us and mess with us when we're trying goals, especially when they're a brand new goal. So, mm -hmm. likes to complicate it, make things worse. Well, I've known you for a little while now, and uh, I, I know that you're uh, dedicated enough to try and figure it out. Yep. I look forward to hearing how it goes. That kind of brings us back to where we started is, if nothing else, one thing I'm good at is not giving up. No matter how many times I fall and make mistakes, to get up and do it again. And that's what we're encouraging you to do as dads, is to not give up, to keep trying, to, when you make mistakes, learn from them and try again. That's why 
our Savior sacrificed for us is so we could try again and try again until we win. So true. So as we begin to wrap this up here, we wanted to take a moment to issue the challenge for this week. And that is that you take the time to think of something that you value, something that's important to you, where you fall short or have fallen short recently. And do your best to go through a lost battle analysis and figure out where things went wrong. What, uh, you know, so as a quick recap, you know, level five is the, the moment where you lost the battle, as it were, you, you know, give up or forget it moment. Level four is the irrational or stupid conversation where you went back and forth. Like, should I, shouldn't I, I will, I won't. Uh, yep. level three, the temptation or the dude moment, the, the option yep. level, yep. level two, the feeling where you can actually put a finger on what, what feeling you're having. Level one yep. is feeling off where you're starting to feel something's not quite right, but you can't quite something's put a finger on right. it. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, think of where, when you were last at level zero, your best self, where you were, you know, feeling good, feeling the spirit. And, you know, doing things right and doing things that you're happy with. And if you need any help with this, if you would like some suggestions, um, anything like that, feel free to email us at fathers who fight at lifechangingservices.org. We would love to hear from you and, and hear how things are going with that. If you're listening on Anchor or even, uh, I think, any, um, almost any um, podcast app, whatever you listen on, in the show notes, there's also the option to um, leave a voice message. So you can do that as well. Um, But again, as we've said um, several times in the past, uh, Brighton and I specifically are mentors at Life Changing Services, and and we would love to be able to help walk you through those processes. If you're interested in the Eternal Warriors class that we mentioned before, um, you can go to lifechangingservices.org and click on the uh, training tab um, and uh, under life coaches and mentors, you'll, you'll see us there. So those are some options for you. You can also find more information about this in the Like Dragons Did They Fight book that's available on Amazon. It's available at the lifechangingservices.org website. Um, it's even in some other bookstores. Yeah, yeah, you can order a hard copy, but before getting your own hard copy, you can download a free PDF uh, of the book and and look up uh, a lost battle analysis and how to go through it. It's uh, again, we've tried to emphasize a really powerful tool and and we know that it will help you to learn from your mistakes like I have, like Lloyd has, like so many of us have and and become more of the the fathers that we're trying to be. Yep. We did it, Lloyd. We made it through our top 10 list. Wahoo! <laughs> Good stuff. I, I am really pleased with this list that we've come up with, and, and I think it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, listeners. We, we appreciate those of you out there who listen. Feel free to share this podcast with someone you think it might help, and um, feel free to leave us a review. Let us know what you think or email us again. Fathers Who Fight at LifeChangingServices.org. We hope you enjoy your week and join us next week for the next episode of the Fathers Who Fight podcast.